Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by Stuart Walter, founder and CEO of the Elite Mindset Institute, the company 41 world championship champions and teams chose to get their heads in the game. Stuart speaks to groups worldwide as a peak performance specialist. He's the author of The Dear Diary Process, speaker and coach. Stuart is influencing the elite in sport and business on a large scale. I've asked him to join us here today so we can all learn how we can perform a little bit better. So, Stuart, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? Mate, I am awesome. Thank you. I'm coming from Australia, so I might be a bit, little bit delayed in timing. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are today's winning lottery numbers? Can you tell me? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I uh, It would be one of those wonderful things, wouldn't it? Where you can go, it and would go be great. time wow. travel. Let's go back. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm really excited to learn about, even just before the show, Stuart was pointing out a couple of things that I could be doing better. And he, I, I had to agree. I'm, you're hundred percent right. I made a comment about, I need to get one of these boxes that you put your phone in until the timer needs. Do you need the box or do you need the mental fortitude? And then we agreed, I should just make like a tape outline somewhere on a desk somewhere. And when the phone is there, it doesn't get touched till whatever. Maybe I put a piece of tape beside it with a time on it. So that I love, love, love that. I've never known participation awards my entire life. My Everything I've done has always been performance, like real world, real world. So before we hop into a lot of your knowledge and that, I want to just understand, how did you even get into this? Are your parents high performers? Were they in high performers in business or sports or something? Like, where does this come from? Yeah, awesome. Look, it's a big, long story. I can fill up hours doing this. I love it so much working with those elite performers. My background as such is my mum is a naturopath and hypnotherapist and had been doing it for 20 plus years. And I was going through martial arts, so elite levels of martial arts in Taekwondo. And I was very inconsistent because I was also in a business. I was working as a nationals product and sales manager for a company. And I was traveling two weeks every month. So my training in martial arts in Taekwondo was inconsistent. So therefore, it delivered inconsistent results. And I knew that. And so what happened in the lead up to one of my black belt gradings, I was talking to my mum and I said, I know you use hypnosis, she's a hypnotherapist. I said, I know you use hypnosis for weight loss and smoking. How can it actually help peak performance in sports? So I had a bit of a chat and then she basically took me through a process. 90 minutes later, I'm just sitting there listening and listening, going, yeah, I don't know. How's this going to work? But the next day I went to training and I was 10 foot tall, bulletproof. Like it's like I could read my opponent's mind. I knew it was going to be a right punch or a left kick. And it's just, it was, athletes would know this. When you're in the zone, you know it. It's the mm -hmm. best experience you'll ever have, but it's also the most frustrating because you spend your life trying to get back into the same mm -hmm. state. So for me, I understood the power of going internal, trusting yourself, not overthinking, not overanalyzing, creating this peak performance state that I created for myself as far as my sport. And I took off within my sport. I was doing state and national titles in the lead up to the Sydney 2000 Olympics. 
if it wasn't for the fact that I got injured at Christmas 99, I probably might have been there. So for me, I understood what it took mentally to get to the top. I also understood what it's like when you crash. This mm -hmm. is one thing I've learned from the elites in sport, in business. The higher you go, the bigger the crash. Yeah. Okay? And, that, and it, we're talking mental crash. But then again, it's not just a mental because your mind controls your body. Don't be surprised if you might experience as a physical crash or a physical illness or sickness, but where is it all driven? It's mm -hmm. all driven through our thoughts and through our responses and through our actions. So for me, the inconsistency of my travel and business got in the way of my training. But as soon as I got my head consistent, mm -hmm. then used it to my advantage. And this is potentially what we need to do in business as well. If you are doing something consistently and getting inconsistent results, it needs to flip. Mm. So what that means is instead of being consistently inconsistent, how about we start being now inconsistently consistent? So what that means is we're going to do everything differently in the lead up to competition, right. but competition, we know we're going to win. This is how we're going to perform. So okay. what we're doing is we now become inconsistent in our approach, okay? So what we show our opponents is, are we focused? Are we dialed in? Are we the class clown? Are we hiding? And if you're alternating your approach into performance, they won't be able to get a read on you because you're coming in with a different approach, different right. mindset. Therefore, they're guessing, but they know your outcome, which is going to be, oh, he's going to win, but how is he going to do it this time? So instead of okay. that consistently inconsistent we become inconsistently consistent so we know that every day we're going to smash it but we just approach it a different way we sleep a different way we've got different things happening different places different experiences different meetings i i think i can empathize with that because i'm a big into habits and routines but part of why you have them is because life is so dynamic so you need that process to keep you on the straight and narrow as you go through the ups and downs of life. So I get what you're saying. And they say crazy is doing the same thing over and over, but expecting a different result. So maybe what you need to do is test more options or do more differently. So I think I can, I get where you're going with that. Now, yeah. as you progressed, and obviously I didn't, I don't know if you just, actually I should know this, but I don't think you just went from Taekwondo in the Olympics to, to what you're doing now at the level that you're doing it now. So you obviously had to learn some things. Yep. What were some of the biggest challenges that you learned and not only trying to achieve peak performance for yourself, but helping others? What challenged me was the fact that I went out to help other people. That was a massive one for me because I realized that people want to be helped and they're happy mm. to take from you, but they're not willing to do it themselves. Mm. So I had to have this massive shift within myself and I had to take myself away from what I perceived as being selfish to focus on me. So everything that I've created, the processes, the fast track processes, the long-term visualizations, my target process, my published book, everything has been developed to help me become better at what I do so then I can help more people. Because I know that I can only lift people up to where I am. So right. for me to be working with 41 world champions, I need to be a world champion in my own industry. And I unfortunately, there was no direction there was no real professionals in my industry that were leading the way within sports and i knew that the results that i got were down to the mindset so i went if i can just help one athlete from not experiencing the crash that i did when i was injured and on crutches for nine months if i can just help one person from not falling in this hole 
I'm good. So then I went to set about it and I was, yeah, my son was in the process of being born. He was basically three months away from being due. And I went, I don't want to be traveling two weeks every month for work. I want to have a home base. Mm -hmm. In that process, I went, what do I need to change in my life? So instead of being a national salesman, I went, no, I'm going to go and learn what got me to the top. So I spoke to my mom and I said, this is what I want to do. I'll go into hypnosis. And because she was talking about retiring and I went, oh, that's great. I'll take her clients and I'll gradually build up to becoming a specialist in sports because that's my thing. And unfortunately, as I did my training, it re-inspired her. She's come back into business. And I think over the last 17 years, I've only got two referrals from her. (laughs) So I've had to build up my own business myself. But the great thing is when I did my official training as a hypnosis practitioner, clinical practitioner, NLP practitioner and training, when I did my training, it's, you know, where everything falls into place and you can predict what's going on. For me, that was my little duck to water moment. It was just, for me, it was easy. It was easy. I could understand the human mind, whether it be in sales or relationships. I could understand it as far as sports performance. I could understand why I was consistent or not consistent. Fundamentals have evolved over the last 17 years. Oh, 17 years on the 9th of July. Okay, three days off 17 year anniversary. So when I've done this, it was basically... It was just, I could see what was going on. I understood that person's behavior wasn't the behavior. That was the end result of the course. So right. what are the course? What are the emotional responses? Not just the conscious mind, which is what one to 3% of how we think, act and behave, but what are we doing at this 99 to 97%, the automatic responses? Right. So if we could learn a habit, we could unlearn a habit. We could change a habit. Right. That's the main thing that separates us from animals. A dog is only ever going to be a dog. It's only ever going to do the handful of things a dog can do. But as a human, I could decide tomorrow I want to be a ballerina. I could decide yeah. that I want to touch the moon. And yeah. that, that's the power that we have. Sorry, I, wa- I wanted to add that in there because I think that's... No, really- I love it. And it's great that you mentioned ballerina because it takes me back to that original question, which is what are the main issues I had? Number one, being a hypnotherapist, I thought, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to pave the way. Mm. But it's amazing when you talk hypnosis, people go, oh, that's just mm-hmm. making people do stupid things. I've had people saying, isn't that illegal? You've got people saying, that's only good for smoking or weight loss. And how does it actually work? And for me, it's, and then you've got the people that have gone to psychology and done degrees and majors and case studies. And all of a sudden, they're sports psychologists. And there's me coming in and doing my training and they go yeah but where's your qualifications i got eh, these are the results i'm getting i don't care about qualifications you ask yeah. you you ask the athletes do they want someone qualified that's not going to deliver or do you want someone in delivering consistently not, right. the yeah. sports psych. so for me it's because it was so different people had to find me by accident people had to stumble across me people had to get referred to me and even now 95 percent, probably 97 percent of my client base is through referrals because with 42, 41 world champions, no one's going to talk me up. No one's going to refer their opponents to me. If you found the secret in your business, if you found the secret in your sport, would you be telling everyone? Yeah, of course, of course. That's the biggest problem people have in business. You can't go ask your competitors if things are going wrong. That's why so many business owners are living quiet lives of desperation because they can't, they don't want to admit, they don't want to create, first of all, they don't want to create fear amongst their staff or yeah. you don't want to go talk to, what do you do? Call up your competitor and tell them that you're down and out. Hey, what are you doing for sales this month? Yeah. And, so, and that really is the hardest thing. And this is why 
I've got the brand of the athlete secret weapon because it was one of my clients who was interviewed after winning an Olympic silver medal at the age of 16. And she was interviewed and they go, hang on, you're so calm, you're so relaxed. We're talking 10-metre platform diving at the Olympics in London back mm-hmm. in 2012. And she was interviewed and they go, you're so calm, you're so relaxed, you're on the biggest stage of the world. What, how, what's your secret? And she just said, I'm not telling anyone about my secret weapon. Bang. And the, la- the tag and the label has stuck. That's fantastic. So what yeah. are some of the greatest mistakes that you see your clients, the athletes and other entrepreneurs making? They, they leave success to chance. Okay. This I love is something- yes. Go ahead. Go. Okay. When I do seminars and workshops, one of the main hooks that I get these people with is the fact that elite athletes spend six hours a day, six days a week for one event that may last 10 seconds every four years. Mm. how do they perform at that moment when you look at business people i do a lot of business talks and i go in business people are doing 10 hours a day with zero training i love that and all of a sudden and this is what we spoke about yesterday is the fact that the elite athletes are now operating more as business entities and incorporated brands and businesses right the elite entrepreneur is now acting and behaving more like an elite athlete. They're watching, they're eating, they're dressing well, they're doing right. things differently, they're presenting differently. So therefore, what I've found is the business and the athlete are now come together so well that they're almost one person. So I guess the biggest mistake is the fact that, yes, they leave success to chance. They're not doing any level of mental training. I've got I said the other oh, world champions I got, you probably over in America call it soccer, <laughs> but football over in Europe. I got some of the best strikers in the world that I've worked with. And they have done nothing as far as mental training, mental peak performance. Okay. I talked to a, a rugby union club here in Australia yesterday and they've done nothing. They don't have a sports psychologist. They don't have any mental well-being type of person. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything. And I'm just going, how do you get to that level without the mental training? And knowing that the higher you go, the more it is mentally rather than is physically as an athlete so it's a matter of when you first start out yeah okay you've got to build up the physical strength and the physical strength and most people think by building up physical strength it's actually building up the mental strength yeah now in part you have to have the discipline to push through the grit when you're tired whatever you're doing the last 100 yards the last five reps whatever that is but there is there's it's a multifaceted thing i want to go back and start because i've said this forever. I've, I had a martial arts school and I was fortunate enough to train with some world champions and Olympians. Obviously I wasn't a trainer. I wasn't training them. I just got to be there in the facility training with them as part of the yeah, training yeah. camp or whatever. But one of the things that I recognize, you said, don't leave success. I wrote down, don't leave success to chance. I said, winners, it's not a surprise to them that they win when they show up because they know every, they know how everyone else is expected to perform and they prepared to beat that. So the day that they show up, third place on the podium, maybe didn't, but the person who takes first, I believe more times than not, they know their competitors and how well they'll perform and what times their competitors are most likely to put up. Yep. And when they show up, they've already beat it in training. And now the pressure is to beat it there. The only it's, this is, they're already the world champion when they get there. That is just the day everybody else finds out. And I love yeah. that you said that they don't leave it to chance. There's no, when it, 
Yeah. Like, yeah, well, there's I, been no athlete interviewed at the Olympics and said, oh, I never thought that would happen. Yeah. Every yeah, one of them yeah. had a dream. And this is the other thing mm. that people need to understand. You've got to dream big. Mm. Okay. It's there's too many incredible people out there fighting to be average. Yes. Yes. Okay. They're fighting to be average because they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be noticed. They don't want to be judged. Okay. When I number one thing that I work with athletes is I always work on the end result first. I don't care where you've been for the first 20 years. I'm looking at where are we are going to be in Paris 2024 at the Olympics? Where are we going to be at the 2028 world champions? Okay. What I'm interested in is what's the end result look like? Let's reverse engineer back to this to go, okay, what you've done up to this point, that's great. Well done. But what right. this is where we're going to go. What do we need to change within you now to get to the end result? Okay, and there's too many typical, what I would call the talk modalities, the psychology, the counselling, where different approaches might be, let's go back and understand you. Tell me about your past. Tell me about your future. Tell me about your parents. How does that make you feel? Athletes don't care. The elite performers don't care. They just want to go, I'm here. I want to get to there. What do I need to do to get to that point? They don't want to talk about feelings and emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go, okay, so what's the end result? What do I need to change? And then how do I get into that state? How do right. I replicate that in the zone experience? Yes. That's so the every, important thing. Sorry. Yeah. So that every day you can get to that point. Oh, here's a great one for you. An equation. I always use this with my clients. Your existing results equal your potential minus your fear. Your existing results equal your potential or your capabilities minus your fear. Okay? Fear is the number one thing that stops people, whether it's fear of success or fear of failure. Okay, The elite performers, the greatest success they have is generally a fear of success. Or the greatest fear they have is a fear of success, not the fear yeah. of failure. Yeah, I was going to mention that before you talked about the higher you go, the bigger the crash. I, I wanted, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I said, I think that's where some people self-sabotage. That's so, I've seen it a bunch of times. People, they start getting some success and then they self-sabotage because yeah. of yeah. some unfettered out deep fear. Oh, but whether you look, let's have a look at whether you're number one golfer in the world, look at the exposure you get. And by doing that, I mean, you lose all personal life, private life. Everything is bang. It's in social media. Right, you look right. at businesses exactly the same. The more you get towards the top and success, the more people want to pull you down. The more people violate and attack you, the right. more they want to hold you back. Okay? So success comes with a lot of negatives. Everyone's going, oh, I want success until they get close to where it is. And then you'll find that they're just not strong enough internally to sustain it. And, and the goals may change, but that's what a lot of people say. And sometimes it's a cop out. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes I also think it's people understanding, like you, you talked about one of your other clients. I think it was a billionaire client where yeah. he, like he, he had the money and it wasn't, you know, it was, I don't want to say it was a false idol, but it wasn't the complete package. There are things that money can't buy that you need to foster in your life. I, oh, this is actually a great example. I knew three guys, they sold their business or something like $50 million. And then they all split up and two of them went home to their families. And one guy went to Cuba and hung himself, but he had a bank account full of cash. And what it was, cause these guys had spent 30 plus 40 plus years of life building this business. Yeah. Partners just wanted the two guys just wanted to retire and be with their family. Well, this other guy, he had nothing else and he yeah. had no vision for his future. Yeah. And this is why I always talk about the end result first. Then we reverse engineer. 
we've all seen it. The self-imposed gurus out there are saying, push, grind, hustle, 24-7, sleep when you're done, not when you're tired. Unfortunately, that attitude is breaking so many people yep. because we're not designed to do that. We're not designed to push. Okay, so As soon as we do, the brain and the body, like I was saying, the self-sabotaging, if you're not on top of it, yep. you're going to break mentally or physically. Then you yep. lose confidence. Therefore, you don't go and attack it again. Right. So it's understanding that it's okay to stop. Yes, go hard, but it's also okay to sit and spend time with your family. Right. When you spend time pushing business, you personally are going to crash. Right. When you spend time building yourself, business is actually building at the same time because you're far more effective, efficient, full of energy, full of focus, full of clarity to yep. spend more time at home. Therefore, business has to be more effective, more efficient. Yep. Yep. Do less, better, and to completion, 100%. Absolutely. And look, let's face it, if a lot of people doing a 10-hour workday, but if they're only at 60 70% effectiveness, yep. yeah. why, don't just do it, why don't I just do a six-hour day at 100% and then you got four hours for yourself? That's actually how FedEx got the their USP. Originally, it was something like they were just like any other shipping company. And then one day they had the the inspiration to say, hey, guys, look, just get the work done and then go home. And they turned yeah. for eight-hour days into a two-hour day. People just did, 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 and then they were able to say anywhere in the world overnight because their staff were incentivized based off performance. It was like, we'll pay you full day salary if you can get it done in this on this time frame. Or sorry, you can get it, you can go home as soon as you want. And all of a sudden, everybody got their stuff done real fast. Yeah, I did that with a call center here in Australia. The mm -hmm. call center said, what on average they get one or two phone calls back every day. So what we aim to do is to get on average, we're aiming for two calls a day. And they said, can you help? I said, yeah, absolutely. I'll get you to four. And they went, we're not going to, that means we have to make, instead of 250 calls, that means we need to make 500 calls to get that. I said, no, you're thinking ratio. I'm thinking performance-based. So you tell everyone, when you have got four bookings, go home. 10 o'clock the next day, guess what? There was one person still left in the call centre. Yeah. After three hours of work, yeah. they'd all gotten home. Yeah. The following week was exactly the same. They're going, hang on, there's no one here after 9.30. They've got an hour and a half because we set an intention of sales rather than we need to make X amount of calls to generate those sales. When you So when you go directly at the outcome, you're going to get right. it. Right. Unfortunately, you'd appreciate this. The following week, the chief financial officer went down and went, why is there no one here? Yeah. <laughs> And he said, that's not good enough. Brought them all back in and said, you will be working now for eight hours, whether you get that, those sales or not. Uh, so what, what happened, do you reckon, productivity? Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what happened. I made someone a million bucks and, then, and, I, was supposed, and I got 2.5%. They said, great, here's your new compensation plan. You start at a 0.5% or what was it? It was 0.5% and then we're going to do tiered. So then if you can get us to 10 million, then it will be retroactive 2.5%. And I was like, I am out of here. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Who, who, what school does this guy go to? What are you, what is going on here? So I get, yeah, yeah that's a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I totally understand that, mate. And I absolutely appreciate it. And this is just one of those things. It's mm -hmm. like we're saying, it's a big picture. Reverse engineer, come back and make the changes relevant to you. But it's going to be based on, the normal flow. So we focus on happiness, then health, then love, and then wealth will come from that. Hmm. Okay? So that's the order it, you do it. You do happiness first. That is, it's seriously, that is the order. 
Okay, number one, happiness. You know what people talk about? Oh, I'll be happy when I'm fit. I'll be happy when I'm healthy. I'll be happy when I'm rich. I'll be happy when I find love. Okay, happiness is not the outcome. It's the process. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay, so yep. your job today is to be happy with everything you do. When you are happy, guess what? Then it's going to overflow. Let me show you with, I know this is an audio thing, but let me show you with a visual. Okay, this is most people. They're empty. Right. Okay. So how many people can you help? Can you help if you're empty? Okay. No one. So what we do is most people go, oh, I've got a little bit inside me. I'll go and help everyone. But guess what? You're empty again and you're being selfish by only giving them five or 10% of yourself. That part I agree with. If you're drowning, yeah. you can't save someone else. Exactly. So what we're looking at doing is go to work for you. Spend time with your partner for you. Spend time walking the dogs for you. Spend time exercising for you until you're full and then let it overflow. Because yep. when it overflows, people are going to take 100% of your overflow. Mm -hmm. So if you want to help more people, be more for yourself. Then when it yeah. does actually overflow, naturally what happens is happiness will then overflow into health. Yep. That, yeah, okay. Because unhealthy people, they're unhealthy because they're not happy. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. You think about I, it. You, I put the you know, health, wealth, love, happiness. So from And there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. But for me, I wake up, first thing I do, I'm only speaking of myself. I do things for my health because it makes me happy. Because you feel when, when you've had a good push, when you've mobilized, when you did whatever you put, whatever task you put in front of yourself, you know, you spend some time. I always work out. I have a home gym and I work out outside. Spend a, spend one to two, three hours some days outside, sweating, lifting things you thought you couldn't or doing more than you thought you could or running further. So I always do health wealth, love, happiness. So it's like, I do my health in that and diet and meditation and visualization and that to get my, like my head right. And then it's for me, the day is all wealth. And then I have a strict yeah. cutoff time. And after that is family time and like warm, fuzzy feeling time. And then it's bed with intent. And that's, yeah. that's how I put it. That's why I was just surprised. Oh, you put happiness at the top. But I think that's what I'm doing the same thing. I think, cause what I because you are, you, as you said, you're exercising for happiness. So you spend time with yourself and time with your dogs and time doing this and time exercising, which is filling up the happiness bucket, which is naturally going to flow again yeah, yeah. into greater health, which will then flow into love. Because yep. let's face it, why would you aim for someone else to make you love yourself or mm. whatever it might mm. be? So the happiness mm. and the health will naturally flow into love anyway, because that person, your partner, is now going to love the better version of you. Yeah. Rather than, I'm doing it for them. No, I'm doing it for me. You just right. get benefit. So really, can you speak to selfishness a little bit? I think this is a really important one that most, okay. a lot of us struggle okay. with. Okay, I'll use that exact example. If you're full and you got 100% full and you've got 10 people around you, on average, they're only going to get 10% of you, correct? Okay. Yes. Okay. It's energy. We've got so much energy. You look at your mobile phone, you've only got 100% at the beginning of the day. If you know you've got a big meeting for an hour and a half at the end of the day, how much energy do you conserve within your phone to get to that point? It's the same with energy, same with water. Okay. So we look at this and go, okay, so most people would go, oh, I'm helping all these people, therefore I feel better. Okay, because you're being selfish by only giving these people 10%. Mm. Rather than, let's look at this and go, we're talking about, instead of being selfish, let's be self-full. Mm -hmm. Okay? Self-full means, guess what? You're filling yourself up. How is that a bad thing? Because when you overflow, you're going to be able to help more people on a greater level. Yeah. Yeah. The way I think we're saying the same thing differently. 
I always say, if you can only run one kilometer before you're exhausted, that's it. You run one kilometer and then you need to take a nap. That's yep. your energy gas tank you bring to every day. Yep. But if now I snap my fingers and you can run 10 kilometers and you're not, you're tired, you ran 10 K, but you don't need to nap. You now have 10 times more energy to bring to every moment of every day that you are. And yeah. you have to build that slowly over time. And how is that going to influence your team, your staff, your right. colleagues, your partner, right. your kids when you are at this level? Because that's what they want. Right. A hundred percent. I always tell that to my daughter. I said, the strange thing about being human, if you don't use your energy every day, if you go to bed and you still have energy left over, you'll have less energy the next day. But if you go to yeah, bed, it. what is it? Blissful is the sleep of a laboring man. If you tax out all your energy before you go to bed, you'll somehow get more energy. I, I don't know how it works. I said that to my daughter, she's four. I'm not really sure how it works. I just know that if I use my energy every day, I always get more. But if I don't use my energy, I get less. Just a yeah, weird... it's, and it, it is really strange. But that's normal. That's the way it works. So, th mm. And th we're talking about bedtime, and I think I might digress into that process that I created at night. Okay? Mm, yes. Um, yes. Yes. If you're okay with that, I'll share the experience because I think if anyone can take something from this today, I'm going to offer a free ebook where they're downloading the show notes. We'll give you sure. access to it um, because big thinking and internal thinking, it's a process. It needs to be understood right. and here is a process that takes five minutes a day it works while you sleep it changes the way you think the way you act the way you behave and it changes your outcomes if you're interested in that bang five minutes a day that's all you need to commit and there's no charge no nothing it's all yours 17th of march 2010 i had a professional golfer flew in from another part of australia about 10 minutes into the session he said i write in my diary every night i went why what are you writing about he goes had a bad golf game, could have done that better, could have done this better, that swing's not good enough, beating myself up, I need to change. I went, that's good, but what happens the way our brain works? When you go to sleep, your brain goes back into the past to process experiences. Right. Everything in your past that's positive, it's already been processed. So therefore it goes to say that everything in your past is unprocessed, it's going to be negative. So when you go to sleep, you're going to be processing all the crap from the day. Mm -hmm. right? So then you go to sleep and what's processing for seven, eight, nine, ten hours while you're sleeping? Bad stuff. Mm. Then you wake up. How do you expect to be in a good state? Okay. So as I said to this golfer, here's a quite simple thing. He said, I said, what are you doing tomorrow? He said, picking up new clubs. No problem at all. Then what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm going to go to a golf course with a coach and I'll play a practice round. Perfect. Not a problem. What was your score? And he went, what do you mean? What was my score? That's tomorrow. I said, no. You tell me now what the score was in advance. And he went, okay, new clubs, got to get used to them. Weather conditions, par round 72. I said, I'm going for three under, par 69. Perfect. No problem at all. So write that down in your diary. That's what he means. So instead of writing what you did today, let's write how your day was tomorrow in advance. So before you go to sleep, write out how your day is going to be tomorrow. Like it's already happened. So we're using past tense word. I'll give you the example that we used. Went to sleep, had a beautiful deep night's sleep. Woke up knowing I'm going to pick up my new golf clubs. As soon as I grabbed the handle, it was like, yes, these are the ones that are going to take me to the top. From the very first practice swing, it felt incredible. The sound of the ball flying off the club was like, righto, let's do this. And then with a smile on my face, we drove to the golf course, went through, 18 holes all I was doing is just 
enjoying the feeling of the new clubs, getting out there with the trees, the birds, the clouds, the grass, absolutely just trusting my skills and ended up with a three under 69. Mm. 4.30 in the afternoon, he phoned me up and went, that was ridiculous. I went, I know, because I actually thought that was a pretty good idea. I'll do it myself. And I said, what was the go? And he goes, it was exactly as we explained it the day before. I go, what did you finish with? He goes, you wouldn't believe it. I went, you get the 69. He said, yeah, but this is a crazy thing. If you understand golf and any golfers out there, there's probably quite a few corporate golfers out there, you would understand what a three-putt is, mm. okay? So when you tee it off and you land on the green and you go, putt or miss, putt, got it the third time. That's a three-putt. And he said he wasn't even keeping track of the score, the coach was, but he said, I finished the final hole, the 18th hole. He said, I finished it with a three-putt. And then the coach turned around and said, wow, even that, you still finished with a three-putt and you still end up with a 69. So think of the power of our brain mm. when our body knows we've got to do 69 shots. Okay, if you get it in this one, that's going to be 67. That's not good right. enough because we said 69. 68 missed it, 69 got it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a believer in the power of suggestion. I think it's like the think and grow rich that there's 13 principles, but auto-suggestion is really there. And things always happen twice. You have to think of it and then it, you decide yeah, whether you want to do it What we're actually doing is we're connecting the neural pathways to the outcome and to the feelings. We know that through visualization and intention, everything happens based on emotions and based on intention. So we know that this is the outcome. This is how I'm going to feel. And everything somehow, I don't know how, everything works out neural pathways to make that happen that exact way. Okay, it's like saying, "Oh, I haven't seen a yellow car for ages." Next time, bang, they're yeah, everywhere. Yeah, what you focus on. Yeah, what you focus. What you, you get, what you focus on. on. Yeah. So when yeah. you know how tomorrow is, okay, three new clients today. Okay, had the best morning exercising. Okay, in the past, this client used to create a frustrated reaction in me, and I realized that me, I'm choosing to react in a frustrated way. So if I'm choosing that today, when I met that person, this is a reaction. This is how I was. This yeah, is the outcome yeah. we got. I like that. That's really, that's something we talked about right before we hit record that I'm, I feel like I got a solid day morning routine. I got an okay night routine, but I've heard of this so many times and I just don't, I don't plan. And this is that night. great nighttime process because it works while you're sleeping. Mm. You've already predetermined the outcome for tomorrow. That So when you do go to sleep, you don't have that constant churning in your head because you know the outcome. Right. It takes care of a lot of that. And then in the morning, reread it. And then bang, you're off again because then you're intentionally looking for the conscious and the unconscious cues and reactions and responses. Mm. Hey, positive thinking is it's out there. Use it. And you said you were going to give people, how do they get that? Is that once you drop your, should you go to your website or get an email? Oh, mate, put it in the probably, notes. yeah. If you want to go to my website and connect through either LinkedIn, send me a message. So LinkedIn, you'll find me under Stuart Walter, S-T-U-A-R-T. Go to the Elite Mindset Institute. You can send me an email through there. Or if you wanted to, I can send you the ebook version of the process and you can put in the show notes for people yeah. to download. It's I'll not about getting. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it in the show about... notes. But if someone's on Apple or Spotify or something, they won't get to see that. So go check out EliteMindsetInstitute.com.au. And yep. just shoot him a message. He's got his links to his LinkedIn and everything that there. And we'll be sure to get you a copy of that. That's for Stuart. Because, you know, audio audio is the most consumed content format. Video, you got to sit down to watch. Text, you got to be focused. You can't walk. You walk into something. You can't drive. But audio, you can do when your hands are busy, but the mind is idle. So a lot of people 
Just remember EliteMindsetInstitute.com.au. Go there, reach out, talk yeah, to students. I'll get you a copy of that. Because I think that's I think that's really powerful. I think journaling is incredibly powerful. At least emotion is energy in motion. Exactly, exactly. And you're the one creating the outcomes in events. So you know what people have got, they spend hours watching reality TV shows. Create your own. This is how yeah. it's done. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You create yeah. the outcome. You create, you are the lead character. Do you want it like a romantic comedy? Do you want an adventure? Do you want success? Mm -hmm. Do you want it as a horror show? You create it, okay? And you actually dictate how it acts, how you react, how you behave, what changes you've got within you. So let me ask you a question. What are some of the habits that you feel are the most important or the most common that you see amongst maybe your best clients or the highest performance? Uh, constant focus on the end result. Constant focus on the end result and believing and trusting that no matter how high or low it goes in between, you're going to get to that point. I say this through one, experience, and two, understanding the human mind, how it works. If you start hitting resistance, your brain's going to go, oh, that hurt. How do I stop right. it? Backwards. Okay. So you're going to have these, and every three months, there's different environmental factors. The environment, the foods we eat, the conditions affect our DNA. Therefore, how we react and respond every three months is going to be different. We're going mm -hmm. to start hitting these resistance walls. So if you've got a goal that you want to achieve in five years, you've got every three months, you're going to hit a wall. You've got 20 walls you've got to break through. Now imagine a hurdles race. If you've got 20 hurdles, guess what? They're not focused on the hurdle. They're focused on the end result. If you're finding that you're not getting there, stop, come back, refocus on what's important. Why do you want that end result? What's the benefit of getting it? What's the purpose of having it? And then you'll find you'll be that fast over these hurdles that you won't even realize are there. Because, you know, some people are doing what 110 meter hurdles or the 100 meter hurdles in less time than we can run it in a flat. That's like every time somebody breaks a world record, usually there's a follow up. Usually somebody else beats it right after because they it's like somebody proved to them it was possible. And then oh, they had absolutely. to see. Yeah. Absolutely. So for me, the, the most powerful thing and the hardest thing is set your intention, set the end goal. Okay. So what do you think is possible? Double it. Mm. What do you think is a realistic time? Halve it. Your brain has got incredible power. Okay. So double a goal, do it in half the time, and then be directed to where you need to go. Just keep focusing on that end result. No matter what walls you hit, there's resistance there somewhere. It's probably going to send you a different way. Okay. It's going to test your resilience. It's going to test, are you really serious this time? The main thing is keeping the main thing. And, and the second hardest, uh, two main hardest things is, okay, someone wants to lose weight. Okay. Okay. 150 kilos. Their head's in the right place. I'm going to be 80 kilos. Oh, you're in pounds, aren't you? Sorry. You can calculate that out. Okay. Okay. 200 they do, they pounds do, down they do kilos. They do kilos in the Philippines. So it's all good. Yeah. So well, if but... someone's going, I want to lose 30 pounds as an example, or 50 kilos. Okay. Their head's in the right place, but then they walk past the mirror and they're going, why don't I look like that yet? And they beat themselves up. Yeah. So this is the other hard thing is you can have your intention set on the outcome, but then the reality check of a mirror is enough to throw you back. And it's that that's the person I'm going to be. Okay. The hardest part is the difference between the dream and the reality. Right. That's the most difficult pro process because you're constantly beating yourself up going, can I do it? Can I do it? Am I able to do it? Am I good enough to do it? Yeah, okay? fair enough. And we see it with every success story in business or with in sport. 
Okay, people are so successful and then the backstory comes up. And the backstory is a story of resilience and breaking and challenge and sacrifice to achieve this where people just go, oh, it's all too hard. I think that's partially because people are so urbanized now. I think that there's a real value to growing up rurally in the, just in the sense, like I didn't really grow up rurally, but I'm, I think that people are so detached from the natural processes of the world, the seasons, like some people, they might not even recognize the weather's changing because they never leave their house or they just go from, from the house to the car, to the whatever, or to yeah. whatever. they're like never outside. Like I, one of the things I might share with my daughter from her, the day she was born, just to, to give an illust illustrative example is I've always encouraged her to like flowers and watch how plants grow. I think there's so many important lessons in that. And we actually are teaching her gardening that concept of planting a seed and having to nurture it and deal yeah. with disease and pests and parasites and obstacles and bad weather, and that it takes time to produce a result that you want. And I just have such an instant gratification planet right now. People, attention spans are dropping. I think that's a, anyways, that's my soapbox. I'll stop that there. <laughs> but I want to ask, where do you think the future is headed in terms of some of the technological developments? We've just gone through a wild number of years, a lot of people have had mental health issues as a result. Like, where do you see the next five years? What, what's oh, It seriously is going to be horrible. Okay. Every cell in our body replicates the longest one is seven years. So you've got to look at when the start of COVID 2020 for us here in Australia, March, 2020. So we know March, 2027 is potentially when most of it's going to be over. So right. we've still got three to four years of mental trauma that's been driven by that one particular moment. Right. That's if right. we don't deal with it. How many right. people still carry traumas from one area to another relationship, to another experience? So right. mental health, even though people go, well, you need to talk about it, that's great, but no one knows how to do anything about it. Okay, people go, oh, we need to talk about health, mental health. That's great. Yeah. How do we talk about it? And this is why it's a matter of it's going to be different. It's like saying fitness, mental health and fitness. Okay, you have to define what fit is for you. Right. Like you have to define what mental health is for you. Not everyone's going to have the same mental health, like they all have different fitness levels. Okay, right. so we've got to start looking at, okay, are you someone who's going to walk from the couch to the coffee machine to the toilet and on repeat? You don't need that much in the way of mental fitness and mental health. But if you look at you're going to be a marathon runner or a long-distance endurance runner, or you're going to look at being in business, your mental health is going to have to be different. Mm -hmm. There's a different set of circumstances. So no use talking about mental health until what the end result looks like. How strong mm -hmm. mentally and physically do I need to be? Then we can start talking mental health. But mental health is one of those ongoing things. And that's why the offer of the diary, five minutes a day, it's free. I don't want anything from it. It's free, it's yours, and I know that potentially, or you probably got a different listening crowd, but on average, 95% of people, you give them something free that's going to transform their life in five minutes a night, and they're not going to do it. Yeah, when people pay, they pay attention. The number of friends, I've had people pay me thousands of dollars for advice that I've given them, and then I've talked to friends and be like, look, bro, let me tell you, I just told this to the client, they just paid all this money for this, and you tell them and you follow up and they just didn't implement because they didn't. Know. But there was no trade. There was no exchange. They got something for nothing. So they didn't value it. If I just yeah. went and gave someone a gold medal, 
they would be like, great, but they wouldn't feel like they earned it versus you can go buy a medal versus the earning of it. And the reward is in the process. That's what a lot of people don't realize. I'm actually yeah. really surprised. Excuse me. I'm really surprised to hear you say it's going to be about seven years or so. There's a guy, I think he wrote a book called The Fourth Turning, and he basically looks through cycles through history. Yeah. He had an interesting conversation with Tony Robbins, and they were basically saying that we're entering a winter phase and that it's going to be seven to 10 years for us to work this out. And basically there's two potential outcomes. One's fairly dystopian, but the other one could usher in a new golden era where based on all the cycles of history that we've gone through, we're due for another golden era. And it's essentially, that's where we're at. But you know, there's always a battle of the yin and the yang. There's always a battle between good and evil. Yeah, there's the law of averages. And unfortunately, averages are now starting to separate a lot more. Okay, this what is what's happening. That? The positives are becoming more positives and negatives are becoming even more negative. Ah, okay. And the gap in between is becoming wider. This is what I'm noticing is the fact that the positives, because there's, oh, what has it been now? This, we're probably just starting out what I would call a fourth wave at the moment. You were talking about waves. Everything is wave, energy wave, sound wave, the whole lot. We're talking about different cycles and different waves. There's a wave at the moment that's already started over here. It's a wave of success. Okay. It's like the waves you got behind you in body surfing. If you're staying in front of them, you're getting smacked by them. Right. You could have the typical entrepreneurial body surfing process, which is you're out in the back and you're going 100 miles an hour to shore. Okay. These waves are slamming on top of you or they're washing underneath you or you're in the wrong position to get them, but you're still going 100 miles out. You get sucked back into the wash and you're not getting anywhere. Okay? You get to the shore eventually, but you're exhausted. Right. If you look at the typical way you body surf or even normal surfing, what do you do? You go out there, you sit, you wait. You find the wave when it's the right time. When you've got the motivation and momentum, you find that wave zone. The wave's coming through, you get picked up, short, sharp burst, and you're on it. And mm -hmm. you're riding this thing all the way mm -hmm. to the shore. The thing is, it's exactly the same wave. It's how you're going to ride it. Are you going to sit and wait for the momentum to take you when you have a lot of fun on the journey? Or are you going to get exhausted because you don't know how to catch these waves or you're trying to force it? Or if you don't know how to, you're probably on the beach getting smashed by these things. Mm. It's exactly the same wave. It's how you ride it. And everything yeah. is in a wave cycle. Everything is in cycles. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a good. That's a great concept. That's a really good, really good point. Um, Stuart, this is such a good call. There are so many good gems in here. People may want to go back and listen to this again and make sure they got them all. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? No. Oh, look, I could keep going again. I think we've got a lot of it covered. Everything is going to trigger something in someone. Right. What's going to trigger you is going to trigger someone else. Ask questions, send some information through. Even if people want to send you some questions or anything, happy to do this again and catch up because this is seriously mental health because everything that we do is a result of our yeah. thoughts. Our thoughts are generated through imagination. So without imagination, this pen is not possible. This coffee cup is not possible. So imagination has to be the root cause of foundation, which is why I like to say to people, look at the end result first. Use your imagination. What does it look like? That imagination is going to then fire your thought process, which will take you into actions, which will then deliver the results. So if your results aren't what you imagine, there's obviously some blockage either in the thought or the action. Okay? So what I would suggest to people, go and think big, dream big, write it down, and then sit on it and just see where you go. 
Yeah, I, I love that. There's a story of a, two guys walking through the desert, and one so focused on how thirsty he is and how hopeless the situation is, and he ends up walking until he's dehydrated and dies. And the other guy's walking, he's thirsty too, and he keeps thinking about, what can I do? How can I get some water? How can I get some water? And then he realizes he's surrounded by these cacti, and he kicks one over and finds out that inside is this, all the water he could hope for. Yep. So that's where mindset. So Yeah, and it is. It's just trusting the end result, trusting the journey, trusting you've got the skills. This is the only reason I go back in people's past is to uncover the resources that they've got mm. to be able to use them to move forward because I'm not about looking backwards in the past or how does that make you feel. It's right, here you are. You are a blank canvas. Look in a mirror. That's exactly who you used to be. Turn around if you don't like it and have a look at the person you want to see in the mirror and start yes. working towards that. Yeah, yeah. Who you are becoming is more important than who you are. Yeah. Way more important. I love that. Exactly. So I think we've got everything covered. There's always going to be questions. I'm always going to sit there and go, ah, oh, I should have covered that. Yeah, no worries. But hey, it gives us an opportunity to reconnect. Stuart, this was a great opportunity for you to share. And I'm so grateful that you came and spoke to us, knowing that you got your own following, your own clients, and that you came and shared with my people. And just thank you so much for coming and imbuing some of your wisdom. And hopefully we've inspired some people today. Yeah, it's been an honor, mate. I really appreciate it. And thanks to all the listeners too. Thanks for the opportunity. And so anybody, if you like this stuff, go check out elite, E-L-I-T-E, mindsetinstitute.com.au. Go ask for your free copy of the book and let them know that I sent you. Thank you, everyone.